Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the Cyber Pro Podcast, where industry leaders share their insights. Five questions in under nine minutes because hackers never sleep. Let's get to it. Dan, who are you and what do you do? Hey, I do sleep. Maybe hackers don't. <laughs> uh, my name is Dan Berte, and I'm a director of IoT for Bitdefender, uh, a world-renowned cybersecurity company, uh, best known for their uh, consumer products and uh, recently for their enterprise products as well. Um, my job at Bitdefender is to oversee the research projects for um, IoT vulnerabilities and you know, different devices around the consumer space. And not a limit of that, I also work with uh, different product teams to develop the new technologies that uh, come forth for uh, you know, improving the life of people in their homes that are now connected. So there we go. That's awesome. I wanna know how you define IoT. Thanks for that. That's that's my favorite. Like that's my ballpark. Uh, that, that's my my ball alley. The thing is, uh, my my problem with IoT is you cannot secure something you can't define. And my experience has been walk, you know, talking to other people is that we have different understanding the definitions of what IoT means. So if we want to talk security, how do we approach it if we don't know what it is, right? So thanks for that question. I feel like um, in my in my um, in my book, IoT for the consumer space, yeah, it, the industrial space has a different. Uh, understanding of things. But in my, in, in, in my book, IoT, the Internet of Things, is the, the, the host or community of connected, internet-connected devices that may or may not talk to each other directly, uh, but talk to some hub somewhere and enable us to uh, augment our experience in the home. Not limited to the home, obviously. It could be the cars. It could be uh, mobile things as well. But it's all the entirety of things. The, and to give you a, a little more insight, what I mean by that is um, if you ask somebody how many connected devices, how many IoT devices they have in the home, they'll give you a number, but I'm sure it's going to be half of what the actual number is. Well, a lot of the times they don't think of their connected network uh, storage stash devices with the hardwire, hard drives. Not going to know, they're not going to think of their printers and stuff. Like there's all these other devices that we take for granted. They're also connected that we kind of ignore in our self-assessment of the uh, connected home where, we, um, where we're looking to do. Uh, a little bit of a different tidbit here. Um, we in the industry call this IoT and uh, we define, we, we, re we report to it and works for us, but the consumer doesn't report to this uh, as it's the IoT, but they call it the, uh, the smart home, right? So when they, when they go into a store, they don't go to the IoT section, they go to the smart home section. So it, it, every time we talk about this, and this goes out to a, a general audience in public, they, they might not exactly know what we're talking about. So it's sort of an inter interesting element there that we, and we alone uh, in the industry use the term. No, and that's true. I've seen it not only with smart home, but smart cities and smart mm -hmm. counties and all these other terms they use. Uh, IoT is definitely an industry term. So that's awesome. Thank you for defining that. So you're, you're really cool because you sit in this cyber world, but you sit in this IoT world as well. So what do you love about being in, in cyber and in IoT? I've been in the space for the last 10 years with Bitdefender, which is a long time. And I feel like um, what I love about being in this specific place at this specific company is the fact that I believe strongly with my entire uh, professional um, and personal understanding of it that we're a force for good. Like I feel that whatever it is that we do is to help people and to help the world uh, be a better place. And, and that just helps me, um, you know, uh, uh, work towards our cause. I love the people that I work with, and I love the fact that we can do 
you know, we're, we're known as a company uh, uh, for our technology, for our technological process, process. And I feel like that's what kind of pushes forward. Uh, we might not have the, you know, the biggest marketing budgets in the world or whatever, but we know that our product is the best. So that kind of, kind of puts me in a, in a, in a good spot that I feel like we're really that force for good. I really, I really love that part. Cyber heroes. We've, we've had that conversation, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> nice. So we understand that top, Top concern today is cybersecurity, but what does that mean to you? Oh, of course. Uh, One of my favorite things is talking to everybody around and be like, hey, everybody's concerned about cybersecurity, especially when there's a breach, uh, some ransomware attack, some some situation where everybody's like, for for the next 30 days, everybody's right at work. And then they're like, oh, I'll just just mind our own business. (laughs) And it has to be innate. And and I'm not saying this as a professional where I, I, I want more you know, more people to give me business. It's not the thing. It, 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 it's, it's the fact that, you know, and I would refer you, we'll put this in the comments, maybe a, a, an interesting book uh, called The Guide, um, The Burglar's Guide to the City, um, where one of the conclusions is that we're no longer seeing burglaries and people don't break into houses in, in physical spaces anymore because all that stuff has moved online and digitally because it's so much easier it's so much more profitable it's so much you know so it, it seems to me like you know cybersecurity. of course as a as an end user i don't want to deal with it as much as i can it, it's just don't tell me about it why do i want to know but at the same time you know everybody should understand at least that cybersecurity means increasing the cost of attack so that means making at least the bad guy look the other way, be like, hey, that target seems more appealing because you go there, it's going to be easier for us to do it. So that alone is a good impetus, is a good push to be like, hey, let's look into cybersecurity more, whatever it is that we can do to, you know, improve our posture and make sure that, you know, whatever attacker looks at us is going to look the other way the next day. Um, and this is, I'm talking consumers, but at the same time, you know, enterprises is the same situation. Of course, there's more knowledge and there's more involvement in enterprise space. But at the same time, we know the situations is we're always lagging behind. The bad guys were more, more motivated um, and the incentives are there. Um, yes, we can rely on luck and hopefully nothing happens. But at the same time, <laughs> uh, fortunately, though, the cybersecurity space is, is, is so much more diverse and so much better. Um, there's so many companies, so many uh, professionals that are doing a fantastic job mitigating much of the threats. There's now it's kind of impossible to say, hey, I don't have anybody you know, to, to talk to about this to help me. Like we're, we're at least seeing, uh, and, and I mean, yeah, uh, somebody more cynical than I will tell you that cybersecurity is going to be the main, you know, the main industry, the main most important you know, technology angle of the future. And I don't want to fully disagree with that, but I don't want to be that pessimistic, so. Nice, I appreciate that. So what piece of insight do you want to share with other cyber professionals? Um, I, I thought a lot, you know, I, I thought about this for a while, um, myself as well. And I feel like, and I share this with you prior, actually, um, I, I want to, I'm, I'm on the side of, I want to learn more than I want to, you know, uh, preach. Um, so I'd be like, Hey, I'm, you know, more interested in learning as much as I can, finding out as much as I can from, you know, peer, uh, professionals or anybody else who's got an insight that I could, but again, going back to, if I could, if I was allowed to say something and be like, Hey, here's my advice to you again, like earlier, I'd be like, try to figure out that one thing. If it's not multiple, that's going to increase your security posture It's going to make it harder for the bad guy to break in and just don't be impervious to it, whatever, you know, if, 
whatever it is, look at what you have, talk to somebody in the know and figure out that one thing is going to improve and then you go, you're so much better off. That's perfect. What piece of retro technology just makes you smile? Oh man. <laughs> uh, thanks for asking that as well. I'm not wearing it. It's my uh, 9094 Timex um, Man. It's the, probably the first smartwatch out there. Um, it had this little diode and it only works with the, um, with, um, with an older screen with a CRT screen. And you could like download calendar items, uh, numbers and all this stuff through uh, to the watch by just placing it against the screen and it'll flash a couple of uh, you know uh, lines of code to it and then you'll have all these things in uh, that thing has been certified by nasa for uh use on the international space station and stuff like god ugly watch but it's such a cool piece of retro tech and i have one and i wear it uh sometimes i wear it pretty, pretty commonly which is funny 9094 one of the first smart smart watches in the world cool tech I was waiting for you to say the calculator watch when you said watch. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> thanks for bringing that. Um, the, uh, no, and I'll tell you why because I was late to that party because I was, you know, I was just a guy. I was a poor kid. My parents were teachers and this stuff like that. So I had like an old stupid Casio and all my better off friends had a calculator watch. So I kind of like was my envy thing. I never really appreciated it because it was the sour grape for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't have one because my fingers were too fat to actually push the little buttons. So. <laughs> and that. <laughs> Remember how those rubber buttons would kind of break and fall off and then you couldn't use and you had to have like a little toothpick. Kind of a cool tech. I love that stuff. Indeed, very useful. I never, uh, but then I had my, I had my PDAs when nobody had them. So that was kind of a thing. <laughs> so well wonderful dan thank you so much for being on the cyber pro podcast rick thank you so much this was great i love doing this with you you did it you made it to the end check us out for future podcasts and more content